Man, have you ever had food poisoning? Statistically, probably yes. Okay. Yeah. I just, we were talking about food poisoning the other night, my girlfriend and I, because she oh, hasn't actually what? had food poisoning. Really? Um, well, we were making, so we were making food dip, uh, food sure. dip, chip dip. Um, <laughs> food food like dip. The, I yeah, want food, food dip. dip. We were making like the uh, sour cream, salsa, shredded cheese. Ooh. Um, a but delicacy. Then I also, yes. Right. But then I also add in a layer of uh, diced green peppers. Ooh. And uh ground beef. Oh baby. With with taco seasoning. Sure. That's actually and, really good. Uh, I'm sure. And and fried up within that is um some nicely diced jalapenos. Wow. So anyways, it's it's odd that you said it's yeah, like that's that kind of next level I'd say almost, but that continue. Oh, yeah. That's impressive. Well, we made a meal out of it. We're like this is going to mm. be our supper. Fair enough. Um, yeah. And so we had two different containers of sour cream in the fridge, as you sometimes mm. do. I pay, yeah. Uh, and we almost used the wrong sour cream. <laughs> By the wrong sour cream, I mean the one that expired almost two months ago. The, by expired, you mean like it was green and fuzzy and well, I just, nasty? I, I just, well, I kn- no, and you know what? It looked and smelled fine. Oh, uh, okay. But yeah. the date on the container was two months. Sure. And uh, and sometimes I'm like, eh, whatever. Like if it's peanut butter that's past its thing, then I'm like, oh yeah, I'll chance it. Of course. But dairy, I was a little more apprehensive. And, right, rightfully so. I think so. And so, anyways, we started talking about food poisoning. I was mm. like, you know, ah, like I, you know, and I said our apartment because we only have one washroom. I said <laughs> our our washroom. <laughs> isn't really set up for us to both our apartment isn't really set up for us to both be sick at the same time right like in a movie or something it'd be like the engineers never took into account food poisoning right yeah oh absolutely and so um and furthermore i was talking about how when you have full-blown food poisoning (laughs) For me, it's always happened the exact same way. Dang. Because I've had it like three times or something. Wow. Huh. And and it's always, it's usually always supper. Sure. It's always, it's always a dinner product mm. that has caused the issue. Right. Okay. And so around one o'clock in the morning, I'll wake up with Ooh. awful cramps. Sure. Like- like keeled over cramps. Eesh. And then you go to the washroom. Okay. Because sometimes, typically, and this is going to get maybe graphic. This is, I'm worried about how graphic this is. But typically, if you have really awful cramps, sure. A good old <laughs> BM is what you need. <laughs> and it's not going to be like, you know. Sure. <laughs> it's not going to be a BM of your normal variety. But typically there's some trouble in Texas. If you've got cramps, there's some trouble in Texas and you got to go deal with it. <laughs> However, when you have food poisoning, or at least when I have food poisoning, mm-hmm. yeah, you're there, you're sitting on the toilet. It's like one in the morning. Okay. 
and you're waiting sure for the inevitable yep and you can feel that the inevitable is about to happen okay and that it is in fact go you can tell you can be like this isn't going to be a normal inevitable mm. this is going to be an unfortunate inevitable <laughs> and just before that happens mm-hmm you suddenly realize okay i am also going to throw up mm. see that's that's i don't think i've had food poisoning in the way some people have it i have it okay. more bringing things up oh yeah no this is like anytime i've had it it's like Ugh. your your body just <laughs> yells evacuate <laughs> like a firecracker and every way that you can find <laughs> Every way that your body can find to evacuate things, it does right. simultaneously. Like even just, I'm assuming with you, even just microscopically, like your pores, even though you can't smell it or trace it, it's just microscopic levels of stool that come out of your pores. Just Well, well, well I mean, you're sweating like hell. <laughs> so there is stuff coming out, but you're there and it's like one o'clock in the morning sure. and you're on the toilet holding yep. a bucket. Ugh. Oh, it's just the worst. That it, all joking aside, yeah, that's not fun. Yeah. So that's that's how I chose to start the show. You know, it's Cause... interesting because about a year ago when we started this podcast, that's not how I envisioned an episode starting. Like, like when you're at a job interview saying, like, where do you see yourself in a year from now? That is not where I saw myself. But, okay, but can we be honest and mm. say none of this show... <laughs> no but i mean re- like realistically sure none of our format yeah that's true <coughs> excuse it's... me none of the format none of the way that we run the show none of the things that um that the show has turned into right was the plan i think you know i think you're right like with any show there's change and there's growth but yeah if you look back at like any of the first episodes i'd say even if you look at episodes like six months ago even you know there, there's some change which is good and, and it's you're right it it's changed well, dramatically from from where we were and i think i think it not being what we originally planned is made much easier by the confession that in the beginning we had dick all for a plan <laughs> right yeah we just kind of went with it and we were just so eager. Us. I think we were so eager to start. We were we like, were, we're going to do a podcast. Yeah. Let's just friggin' do this thing. Yeah. <laughs> For better or worse, right? And do you remember how the reviews started? It was Aladdin. Mm, yes. Right. We reviewed Aladdin, and then yeah. we reviewed the Lego movie. Uh, Yeah, and Grease was in there somewhere. And then Grease. Mm-hmm. And then it just, yeah, here we are. Here we are. And and we've we're sixty three episodes in. Oh boy! And we've only since then we've only had like two or three episodes that weren't reviews. Right. Yeah, that's true. Which the initial plan was, uh, you know, we may sp- like <laughs> we may pepper a review in here or there if if it's deemed you know worthy. We might. Yeah, but it's not going to be our thing. It's no, not like this isn't a movie review podcast. Our, our, and then, yeah, you know what is actually cool? And I, I think this is the coolest part of our show. It's related to us reviewing film. I do think just the concept of having the audience tell us what film to review is very cool. 
I think that you're the coolest something. part of our podcast. But I, I do. Dude, I can also appreciate you. what you're saying. Right back at you. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Uh, so this episode of the podcast, we actually are continuing a mini series of sorts where we're going through the Harry Potter films. You know, this is the only. I'm just gonna like. This is the only. This is the first time. Okay. Like I've seen all the Harry Potter films. Sure. Most of them more than once. Kay. Most of them. Countless times. Sure. Um, not because there's so many that someone couldn't count. I just haven't counted. <laughs> yeah. I just wasn't counting. It wasn't on your top things to do to count these films every time you watched them. Sure. And I would say the further we go into the series, the fewer times I've seen each one. Oh, interesting. Right. So I've seen the earlier ones much more. Sure. Than the later ones. Yeah. Um. This is the first time I've come out of a Harry Potter watching okay. with some grievances. Or not even... Oh, interesting. Not necessarily grievances, but just, you know, have been like, uh, I call some shenanigans here. Like, what's... Hmm. Hmm. You know, the first time I've come out of it maybe with a little bit more of a critical reaction. Right. Yeah. Know. That's fair. So I'm excited to discuss those because yeah, this film's got some... I don't, you know what? I don't even know necessarily that it's this film that's got some issues. Sure. As much as like this part of the Harry Potter story has Uh, me scratching my head at times. Sure. Okay. So. Well, let's get into it. And as we traditionally do, let's start some trivia. Some trivia. Some trivia. So question first or number one. That's, yeah. That's how I would word that if I yeah. was dyslexic. <laughs> Did John Williams, do you know who John Williams is? Um, He was at that up, church up, picnic once. Up and coming indie composer. <laughs> right. Probably won't amount to much, but he's got but, spunk. Yeah. So, he's got, he's got swagger. He does. Yeah. Did he John. Is a, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Did John Williams win an Oscar for Best Original Score for his work in Goblet of Fire? Has I didn't I didn't know he's ever not won an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> well, put your thinking cap back on, and assume that he doesn't always win an Oscar for everything he's done, and tell me if you think he won an Oscar for Best Original Score for this film. I don't know. Now I'm trying to, as I as I often do. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to reverse engineer the question. Okay. And I'm thinking okay. to myself, what a what a random, bizarre, stupid question if the answer is no. However, <laughs> because of that, right. that's the exact reason why I do think it's no. So I'm going to say okay. no. Okay. Well, he did not win an Oscar for Best Original oh. Score. Oh. And... He did not win an Oscar because he did not actually compose the music for this film. He scored the first three Harry Potter films, but due to having like a busy schedule, uh, it was actually a gentleman named Patrick Doyle who replaced him as composer. And the initial request with Doyle was that he would use some of William's materials. But apparently, and I didn't actually pay attention as much to the soundtrack, and I didn't find this out till after the film, but apparently... 
Only Hedwig's theme was the remaining score from the previous films that was used in Goblet of Fire. Well, and and the main theme. Of, of course, of course. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, yeah. excuse me, I feel like, I don't know, I always get wary of that, where it's like, John Williams did not compose this film. And it's like, well, but he kind of freaking did. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, maybe someone else did some of the background stuff that nobody cares about, but it's still, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so it, I it'd think be, it'd be like if if you know, and the most recent thing is like, oh, you know, it turns out that all of the new music and the new Star Wars movie was not actually right. John Williams, and it's like, yeah, but right. but they still played the friggin' Imperial March, and they still played Luke's theme, and they still played Leia's sure. theme, and they still yep. played the main theme, and so John Williams was still, you know, he's still licking his finger and sticking it in the <laughs> ear of this film. Well, I'm gonna say you're right because. He obviously has the backbone, the framework that's used in the soundtrack. So I don't think, I, I I think I agree with you intellectually. The one thing anecdotally I want to tell you, and I'm not even joking about this. When I finished Goblet that's of good. Fire. I hate it when you joke. <laughs> when, I, when I finished Goblet of Fire and I was scoring it on my scale, when it came to soundtrack, the, before I even found out that John Williams wasn't involved, when it came to soundtrack... I actually gave it middle of the road. So not worst, not best, just middle of the road. And the reason it was, was I, I looked and I was like, there were there was never like the scene where the, you know, Hedwig is flying and there's a montage and I like felt the spirit of Harry Potter. Like some of these musical themes and scenes in previous Harry Potters that I walk away and I just feel like a kid again watching these films. I, I didn't feel any of that with Goblet of Fire. So I was like, hey, what, what was John Williams doing? I'm going to give him like reduced marks for this. And then I found out Patrick Doyle did the, the soundtrack. So could be a bit of confirmation bias, but I just thought it was interesting that just it, it apparently didn't translate or it apparently translated to my score. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I agree. That's really fascinating, actually. Yeah. My next question is yes or no. Okay. Did you ever have frosted tips when this film first came out? Yes or no? No. Okay. I've that's, never actually had frosted tips. That's just a no. I kind of want to. I feel like it's maybe a bit too late, but on I the other feel hand, like, you only I live once. I feel like you could, I could see you with frosted tips. <laughs> I'll you have do the it. Right, my, I think my hair is naturally too light for frosted tips. I'll do it if you do cornrows. Done. <laughs> I mean, I just cut my hair. <laughs> oh, true. And so yeah, we gotta let that grow a bit. Like my, I shaved the sides right down. Oh wow! The sides, the sides in the back. I've got like that, the undercut, punky pompadour thing happening right now. Nice. And so I don't, I don't think I have enough hair for <laughs> to cornrows. do that. I think you need a bit. I think you need. But a I, bit. but I would. Yeah. Uh, my actual question is yes or no. Was Goblet of Fire ever the highest grossing film in the Harry Potter franchise? Yes or no? Oh. I'm going to say ye. I mean, we've had questions like this in the past for Harry mm-hmm. Potter. Yep. And I feel like I always end up <laughs> wrong. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say yes. And okay. the reason why I'm going to say yes is because this is the first film that has has old daddy Voldemort in it mm. in flesh. 
in right. the flesh. Right. It's a, it's it's a fleshy Voldemort. Not not in the nose because he right. has no nose, but in the yes. flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're saying, and yes. so I think there was probably like word of mouth, and I right. imagine I imagine the return of of the Dark Lord of the <laughs> Sith. Sorry, wrong film. Um, that, that that film came out the same year, Revenge of the Sith, actually. Did it? I feel yeah. like that must have been a part of the marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like that probably drew in. And I feel like at this point, more people are kind of getting wise to the whole right. Harold Potter right. scene. <laughs> so the answer is actually no. It was never the highest grossing film in the franchise. I hate you. <laughs> like I feel like you take a certain amount of sadistic pride. I, I do not. I feel like you're like But I feel like you I feel like you roll over in the middle of the night and wake your wife up and be like, Honey <laughs> Honey, I just thought of the best trivia. It's gonna it's totally gonna stump him. And she's like, Peter. Who are you, what? If you don't let me sleep. <laughs> that's it. I'm getting you know, an attorney. <laughs> Here's the thing. That's not true. But what is true is I have a plaque on my wall that I update every time I stump you with trivia. So, And I believe that. It's That's not a joke. No. I really hope that's... I really hope you're being serious. I'm not joking. Wow. It's kind of it's like one of those boards that says, like, no one's been injured on the work site for X many days. This is like... Right. We've stumped Brady for X many days, kind of thing in a row. So that's that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's it. So you were you were one for two. That's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Um. So should we get right into it? Yeah. Let's talk about my. Can we just talk about my grievances? I'm well, the only thing I wonder if we should do first is my rapid summary. Sure. If you have a rapid summary, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm, I just, get... <laughs> I just can't wait. <laughs> so again, if this is the first Harry Potter episode you're listening to, sometimes I have trouble differentiating the events of each film of what happens in this versus what happens in that. So as a starting point, I'm going to run through these events that happened in Goblet of Fire. It's so, true. All the time, he'll be we'll be like talking about something, and he'll be like, "Was that <laughs> ET or was that Final Destination? <laughs> Which is the one where the guy slips and falls on the knife? I think it's ET, but it could was, be Final Destination. Was that Hitch?" Or was that Paranormal Activity? I can't remember. <laughs> Which one? Hitch or was it Crank? Which is yeah. the one yeah. where they have sex at the racetrack? <laughs> I, feel like it's, I feel like it's Crank. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Buckle up, kids. Here we go. So, this movie starts off with a caretaker when he comes across some dang kids, who are led by Voldemort, who are up to no good in an abandoned house. Uh, also, all our male characters' hair has grown uncontrollably wild. Also, there's an Edward Cullen sighting. A port key uses or is used to take us to a Quidditch World Cup, which apparently some people care about. This just in, the Malfoys are still a-holes. Uh, at the World Cup, some spooky, ghostly rendition of a KKK rally occurs and torches the World Cup. A bunch of uh, other not sorry. A bunch of other magical kids from other magical schools show up for the Triwizard Tournament. 
The Ministry of Magic approves Barty Crouch to visually appear like Adolf Hitler. A children's game tournament essentially is an irreversibly binding magical contract under pain of death. Mad-Eye Moody teaches the dark arts now, so get used to it. He also drinks on the job a lot, so deal with it. Also, of note, with his behavior, more like Weird-Eye Moody. Am I right? Am I right? Uh, Dumbledore calmly yells at Harry, asking if he dropped his own name in the Goblet of Fire. Severus and Dumbledore are totally chill with Harry being a piece of bait like a piece of meat. Ron gets a little bit dramatic about Harry's name being chosen, and as a result, Ron is a wee bit jealous, and they kind of have an ongoing moody conflict. Damage is done to the school during the tournament, and actually this raises a fundamental question for me. I'm actually curious, in the wizarding world, if there's such a thing as property insurance, or if in the wizarding world you just fix like buildings and everything yourself with magic. Uh, Harry Potter hoists a golden egg into the air, He's celebrated and cheered by his peers and is temporarily popular. Uh, After dance lessons, quote-unquote, well-mannered frivolity occurs in the Great Hall with a ball. Ron looks and smells like his great Aunt Tessie at the Yule Ball. With her appearance and date at the ball, Hermione gets a head start on her role for the live-action Beauty and the Beast. Ron's moodiness shifts to Hermione. Ron and Harry are scumbag dates. Edward gives Harry some bathing tips as a way of helping with the tournament. Literally every aspect of this film, every challenge Harry faces, he requires the assistance and help from others. He's the complete, complete, complete opposite of a competent or self-reliant hero. Harry Potter takes a page out of A Christmas Carol and views a past Ministry of Magic discovery hearing. Snape used to roll with some Death Eaters, but also played some I Spy. Barty Crouch's offspring is a Death Eater. Make note of that. Port Key makes an important appearance for Voldemort's plot advancement. Uh, Also, you've all heard of Baby Yoda. What about Baby Voldemort? Malfoy's dad is a bad, bad dude. A back-and-forth Harry Potter and noseless Ralph Fiennes wand fight goes down. And never has a crowd misread a situation with applause when Harry and the now-deceased Edward Cullen return. And remember Weird Eye Moody? Well, Barty Crouch Jr. was playing some magical dress-up. And finally, Dumbledore talks with Harry and tells him some serious shit is about to go down in the future. And that is Goblet of Fire. I have two things to say. Okay. Okay. Number one. Okay. I changed my mind. I think (laughs) that's what you stay up all night doing. (laughs) Can it be both? No. Okay. No, there's not enough time for you to do anything <laughs> in a night after you've done that. <laughs> uh, the other thing I'm going to say is you did that last week. Yes. And I'm issuing a challenge to you. Okay. I think that your, what do we call this? Rapid fire? You know, rapid fire summary. Summary. I feel yeah. like your rapid fire summary for Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban okay. was better. Oh, okay. I think this one was really good. Okay, okay. But I think you set a mark with the right. first one. I'm not going to lie. The one for the next episode when we talk about um, Order of the Phoenix the summary will literally be this movie's crap, and then that's it. 
That'll that'll be no 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 no. You'll come up with something better. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay, yeah. So you, I mean, you hit on a couple of my grievances there. Sure. And I'm actually curious Uh, because I I know you're a Harry Potter fan. You've read some of the books. You've watched all the movies. I'm curious what bothers like not bothers you, but I'm I'm curious what is uh, upsetting you or not upsetting, but you know what I mean. Right. Just things that I walked away going. "Uh, Yeah. Yeah. uh, I don't know about that. Um. Also, I should say I have I've started rewatching them or rereading them. Interesting. I began rereading them, so I'm I'm on the first one. Okay. Uh, it's taken me like two weeks to get halfway through the first chapter, just because I've been I've, we're, I've been busy. Like I have adults. Been yeah, we we don't have like a ton of time it. with jobs, school commitments. Yeah, I, yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Podcasts. Um, Some of us had podcasts. Po- have podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Craft dinner. Yeah, saving London from the Templars. Things that right, just another. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, um, but I something that's interesting that I remembered from reading, uh, the first quarter of Mm. Goblet of Fire because that's as far as I got. Oh, in, in the past. Okay. Um, and what I remember is that this book actually starts out. There's a whole chapter about like. Voldemort's past and mm. that you know that that mansion being the old riddle mansion and right. that being the old caretaker and like it just gives you this whole backstory that is skimmed over in the course of like five seconds in the Ooh. movie I bet that um, I'm, that would be actually kind of interesting stuff yeah because like I mean ultimately it doesn't it's not stuff that matters no but it's interesting stuff right all the same um okay so thing number one that kind of just i don't know some okay i'm gonna start with something that's not a grievance or something that's really funny sure this this harry potter movie is a movie is the harry potter movie that me and my friends okay uh and family and extended family and acquaintances and enemies Mm -hmm. and arch nemesis and 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 people you serve jury duty with don't forget them them (laughs) <laughs> uh, I said arch nemesis right um, yeah, yeah. we we quote this Harry Potter movie more than any other Harry Potter movie ooh I have an idea okay yeah and the line that we quote okay is Harry did you put your name in the goblet of fire <laughs> right right um uh, yeah because it's such an iconic right. moment. Sure. Now, I have the Goblet of Fire book in front of me here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I would like to read to you. Oh, yeah, please do. An excerpt. Yes. And this will add a layer to the people who aren't aware of why this is interesting to you. Right. Do you do you know where I'm going with this? Oh, I'm I'm well well aware. So the book says did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Dumbledore <laughs> said calmly. <laughs> right. Right. It's a it's a bit different. I feel like when someone was adapting this script. Right. They were like, uh <laughs> But we could have a meow. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's Michael Gammon, it's not Richard Harris. Right. We can we can we can yell. He can yell to. at the boy. He can yell. 
put the fear of God in them. This is this whole movie. So this kind of leans into this whole movie. This is where, for me, mm-hmm. Dumbledore really starts to change as a character into oh. someone who I'm less a fan of. Oh, okay. Like just every, all of the ways that he handles things in this film. Right when Harry's name first comes out, and he's like, "Harry Potter, Harry Potter, hmm. Harry Potter," <laughs> like <laughs> you know, and then hands like, and then Harry gets up and walks over, mm-hmm. and Dumbledore hands the the flaming piece of parchment to him. Sure, and this seems like the proper time for some dialogue mm. for okay. Harry to say, "Professor, I swear, I." Yeah, I'm, I don't know what's I, happening. I didn't, you know. But Harry's I'm, just like takes it yeah, and I'm, goes. <laughs> I just and say I'm as I'm, I'm as surprised as you are, dude. Come on. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't look at me through your half moon glasses like that. <laughs> right. But so that yeah, I don't know. So just, just the way that he yells, mm-hmm. um, is strange. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, like you talk about. In your rapid fire thing, you talked mm-hmm. about, you know, the m- magical binding properties of the Goblet of Fire. Right, right. Um, the rules to the Triwizard Tournament are clearly manipulatable because the Ministry has just this year come up with a rule saying you have to be 17 or older. Right. This is a yeah. newly implemented rule. This is an amendment. The ink isn't even dry on that rule. Right. Uh, but then when Harry's name is pulled out, when an underaged wizard, who is a wizard who has a lot of really awful shit happen to him. Big time. Like, he doesn't have one calm, uneventful year at Hogwarts. No. Uh, when his name gets pulled, and there's obviously been some sort of tomfoolery bewitchment that's taken place uh barty barty crouch decides or determines that the the goblet is a powerful magically binding object and that the rules are clear Mm -hmm. potter must compete right yep and my question is (laughs) Right. Or what? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't, then what? Mm-hmm. Who Who cares? What happens to <laughs> Harry? Is Harry yeah. going to disintegrate if he doesn't? Because in right. which case, okay, cool. Yes, Harry should probably play along. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. it's just, you know what? Wow, we have honor. We have honor to uphold because we've never <laughs> not had a name pulled in the person. Tradition. Not, you know, tradition. <laughs> Legacy. Like, if that's the whole point, Mm-hmm. If that's why the rules are the rules. Right. And we're going to allow four wizards in the Tri-Wizard Tournament. <laughs> yeah. Then, I don't know. I'm yeah, just like, no, or, or, I hear or you. what? Who cares? I hear you. Let's, even Who from a story perspective. Compete. Nobody well, wants even... Harry to. Harry doesn't no, want to. Harry doesn't want to. None of the other students want Harry to. Dumbledore doesn't want him to. Yeah. 
McGonagall definitely doesn't want to. McGonagall's, she, McGonagall's she, like, am I the no. only sensible person here? And Snape yeah, is she, like, she, yep. Snape, Snape <laughs> does a whole nother like, ah, is he our friend? Is he not our friend? Right. Is he evil? Yeah. Is he not evil? I mean, this sure. is the one. This is the one. This is the movie where we find out that Snape was a Death Eater. Yeah. And he had the leather jacket. The s- he had the leather jacket and everything. <laughs> and this is also the same film where we hear the line, you never stop being a Death Eater. Mm. And so that's kind of a curious, makes us wonder thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, ultimately, you know, he's like, I and I can't do an Alan Rickman voice. I wish I could. But he's like, mm. yeah, he's yes. like, uh, under the circumstances, I think we should, for the time being, let things unfold. Right? He's basically <laughs> like, let them compete. Yep. Right? And Maggie Smith is like, what? Do nothing? <laughs> Snape's like, yep. Yep. Yeah, Pretty kill much. The boy. Kill the boy. <laughs> kill Although, them all. Save, save the boy. Because ultimately, <laughs> like, later on, spoiler alert, later on mm-hmm. when Snape finds out that Dumbledore knew that Potter had to die. Right. Snape is appalled. Mm, yeah, he Snape is not happy well. about that. No, no. So Snape's Snape's a mixed bag. He is. He makes for but, an interesting character to follow along because he always keeps us wondering. Yeah, so ultimately he's forced to compete and yep. there's no yep. sensible reason. Uh, this this Triwizard Tournament doesn't seem like a good di- idea for anyone when, like, my question is, Harry, when Harry's doing the underwater, the thing in the Black Lake. Right, yes. And he yep. saves, uh, he saves Ron, who is his treasure to save. Mm-hmm. And then he also saves the little French girl. Who I don't under, fully understand why that little French girl was even at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Like, why did she come along? Was she's the only one who, like, the only girl under seventeen to come? Good guess. I, right, because everyone really else know. who came from the other two schools are there to compete. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. And this girl's just brought her sister conveniently. Yeah. Well. Uh, but Harry saves her as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my question is, but what if he hadn't? Yes. Does she die? I think so. Was there think... was there a very real possibility that Ron, Hermione, yes. Cho, and yes. this little French girl were all going to die that day? Sabrina, I think so. Because, and is I'm this, not a... This, was there like, did the Weasleys and the Grangers have to... Sign off on this? Uh, but no, I and I think this kind of goes back to something that further highlights the contrast from our reality and the the Harry Potter Wizarding World reality. And we've we've touched on this before, but just with the Goblet of Fire, not the Goblet of Fire, but like the Triwizard Tournament and everything that's involved with it, this isn't the same as you and your classmates in high school going to the Royal Museum on the weekend. Like this, right? This this is they're, medieval they're, times, except medieval times is real, and you all yes. have to actually compete. And some yeah, of you we, yes. may not return. 
But it's that like is a signing sacrifice up, I am willing to make. It's like signing up to be a Marine or something. Like you, there's a chance you might die just in the training. Like there's, that's just the way it is. And I truly, when I watched this film, yes, I think there was a chance that all those characters under the water and all the contestants, like I think it's a very real possibility that at any point, at any point at just a normal day at school, but particularly in this Triwizard Tournament, yes, I think there are very real and accepted risks of this child might die at school. And that's BS. It's crazy. It's it's alarming. Like, what a total freaking mess. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it with uh, the previous film when, uh, was it the Chamber of Secrets? When children were showing up, uh, like, um, was it stone, like, stoned or in a coma or I forget the magical term but they were they were horrified by what they saw and the adults were talking about it and they're like well if if this keeps happening yeah we might have to look at doing something like not our students have been petrified we may have to close the school yes exactly it's not like you know in reality if one student something horrendous had happened in reality you would hope that the adults involved would say, we got to get the authorities involved. We got to nip this right now. But in, in this wizarding world, it's like, well, okay, if this keeps happening. We'll have to start taking this seriously. Like we'll really have to do something. And I think it just further highlights the contrast between their reality and ours. Yeah. I, yeah. What something I, I kind of want to d- d- double back on your point with the Dumbledore, <laughs> Dumbledore yelling calmly to Harry Potter or however you want to describe that. I, I, my understanding, and I didn't actually look at the books on the shelf to confirm this before I came came to the microphone, but my understanding is Goblet of Fire is one of the longer books, I believe. Yeah, it's not the longest. Not the longest order, order of the but Phoenix it is longer. Is which one? Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. Really? Okay. But regardless, I think some, I, when I was reading just about this film, obviously some things had to be cut down. And at one point they were considering making two films. Obviously they just felt one would be more seamless. So I, I understand that some things have to be cut and some things have to be reduced to make it just into a one feature length film. But I, I do scratch my head in the same way that you did with the Dumbledore yelling calmly to Harry Potter. Like, I'm wondering at what what choice and what expense and what how they decide to do some of these poetic license decisions, just the film taking liberties. So, again, one is the Dumbledore yelling. The other is, you know, in the books, apparently both the schools that came to visit were not segregated. Like, they were both co-eds, co-ed schools. So, like, just little things I'm curious what motivations were were followed to make certain various decisions that I, I, I yeah, I'm not sure I have, about. I have no idea. Yeah. The one the one last thing. Sure. And I'm starting to realize that I think all of my grievances in this film are tied back to Dumbledore. <laughs> and again, You've it been... just kind of fuels my growing yeah distaste for the man and you've you've mentioned that from the very start of his change in acting in in this series you've been you've been on that 
you've been on that hill. Well, and I, I'm starting to wonder if it's not even that I don't like Michael Gambon. I think it's just, I think the character changes. Sure. And I think the change just coincidentally coincides with when Gambon takes over. And so he gets the short end of the, the stick, the stick as a result. There is a line at the end of this film, which is the biggest make me throw up in my mouth line from food hmm. poisoning that I've ever heard. Interesting. I'm 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 listening. And Dumbledore looks at Harry and okay. very sincerely says, "I've put you in great danger this year, Harry. I'm very sorry." Hmm. No friggin' shit, Sherlock. <laughs> and why is it taking you four years of this <laughs> bullshit to realize yeah. that maybe you shouldn't be responsible for the influence of any young person's life, you friggin' psychopath? Mm-hmm. You maniac. <laughs> You've right. put Harry in danger this year? Are you off mm-hmm. your rocker? Mm-hmm. This was potentially one of the less... Dangerous years. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, this wasn't Harry, the worst. I've I Harry, I've realized that <laughs> I looked that I, I, looking I in blindly the followed them the some sacred law which said that you had to put your life in danger because of something that was clearly an error. And right. your name never should have been in that cup. <laughs> We've made it very clear why it's not safe for people under 17 to compete and you're 12 mm-hmm. or 14 <laughs> i guess he's 14 sure yeah um that yeah that was rita rita skeeter thinks he's 12 mm. um right right uh but he's harry's 14 but to hell with that <laughs> let's right. put him in a life-threatening situation yeah no it doesn't make sense it's not it's not a sound decision. Harry, I'm sorry that you almost died this year. <laughs> but get used to it. Sev- several years prematurely to when I need you to die. <laughs> I don't need you to die yet, and I can't have you know that I need you to die. But when it's time, I will ensure that you die. <laughs> but it will be after when I die, which will also be necessary. But... But need you to die, I shall. It's complicated now, Harry, but trust me. It's (laughs) it's all for a good cause. I like (laughs) I don't know. To me it just seemed like does he has he said this other years? Has he apologized every year? Because if not, then this apology is bullshit. It's like a closing interview every single year where it's like, hey, well, this year I'm sorry this happened. Yeah. Like I feel like we'll do better next time. I feel like at this point, uh, yeah, I don't know. I do not know. I, I feel like at this point, he should probably just be saying to Harry, um, Harry, it's it's a freaking miracle that you're alive after <laughs> your first, after, after, I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, you're in grade four. Mm-hmm. And I've almost killed you four times. <laughs> and for that, Harry, I am truly sorry. 
<laughs> and I hope you will return next year when I try to kill you again. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. just bent out of shape because of something that happened between me and Grindelwald like 30 mm. freaking years ago or something. Right. It's not your and problem, since, Harry. And since then, I've just said to the wind with grooming and style. Yes. I was Jude Law, and now I'm Michael Gambon. <laughs> right. Understandably, I'm bitter. Yeah. And it happened the majority of my aging because of poor continuity and storytelling. The majority <laughs> of my aging mm-hmm. happened in about seven years. Right. Yes. I aged about 40 years in the course of seven. Yes. I, I, turned, I was much like a dog in those Young years. Harry. But I'm yes. sorry that I almost killed you. This is, we've relived this forgiveness speech and it's turned into like a 20 minute forgiveness speech. It's He's, good. It's just, it's, it's such, it's such a crock. Mm-hmm. It's such a crock of shit. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to give my, my wrap up about Order of the Phoenix because you Order mentioned of at the, the Phoenix beginning. is not the film that we've watched. Oh, uh, yes. You're welcome to I watched to them so. both. They all suck. No. Um, I, I mentioned Order of the Phoenix because. Unlike you, you kind of said the further you're getting in the series, the less you've seen these movies. I've kind of like a a bit of a concave where I've seen the first couple a ton. I've seen the last few a ton. The middle ones, it kind of dips off because I I haven't seen as much just because I'm really not into as much. And Goblet of Fire, which is the one we're talking about, it's not my most favorite film and obviously it gets worse with Order of the Phoenix, but I... I think the reason I enjoy these kind of middle films less is I personally believe they move the needle less and they don't move the needle very much as far as the overarching Voldemort plot. Or at least I found that in Goblet of Fire. And we've talked about this. Yes, the final round of the tournament and leading to the sequence of Voldemort is fantastic and obviously moves the plot forward. But the majority of this film doesn't it's the majority of this film is just kind of uh, you know magical world content the different things being unpacked that if you enjoy this that's great but for the overall story doesn't move the needle a whole lot and so when i'm considering this film and the upcoming order of the phoenix i'm coming around to a take that i raised an eyebrow at at first and there was a comment on facebook emily mater made where she said or just stated that Prisoner of Azkaban was her favorite film. And I I literally raised my eyebrow and I was like, really? And I'm not there. That's not my favorite of these films. But after watching Goblet of Fire and knowing what's coming in Phoenix, I appreciate it more. And I'm like, you know what? That's a fair take. I see where you're coming from. Not on the same page, but I get it. Yeah. My point is these middle films, I feel like, feel like just for a non-purist that I'm, I'm I enjoy Harry Potter I, but it's just not my lifeblood there there's some dips there's some dips yeah I mean I mean all of that's to say I I, I still really enjoy Goblet of Fire I think it's a fun exciting movie sure and it's got some great action I think anything that you could have previously complained about in terms of CGI have now been completely cleared up that is a 100% true. Again, in my ranking st- scale, when it came to the visuals and effects, unlike the previous ones where there would always be that kind of one or two scenes where you, you remembered, okay, there's a flaw here. This one was good. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
yeah i i i don't know i i do enjoy this movie uh the end i mean voldemort's actual return and all of that is is thrilling it is it's yeah it's very revealing to see holy like holy crap crab and goyle are death eaters mm-hmm. and like you know so that's all really interesting mm-hmm. um yeah so that you know and i mean we see this later on but essentially crab and goyle were turned out to be more evil and badasses than even Malfoy was. Right. Yeah. They were. Yeah. Um, what would you give this film out of 10? Um, I don't know. Um, I... I'm going to give it a seven, which I think is lower than I've given the other Harry Potter films. Okay. Um, but it's still super solid. It's sure. still a great, exciting. Yeah. It, it adds new stuff, right? Like port keys. It introduces us to port keys. Mm-hmm. I think the Quidditch cup thing, like visually, that's so cool. The big thing in the ground, mm. the stadiums like dug into the ground. Sure. Um, I think that's a lot of fun. Um, we get to see other wizarding schools or the representation of other wizarding schools. So That's, we, that we is get a bigger cool. picture that, you know, this whole world is a lot bigger than just Hogwarts. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. We get introduced to mer people. We see the return of Moaning Myrtle, which is always a good thing. She's a hoot. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I would say I would say it's a pretty good film. I think Dumbledore's character is becoming more questionable, <laughs> and I think there's a big portion of this film where Ron's just a big fat bitch. He, he honestly is get over himself. He really does um, need to. But aside from that, I do I do really enjoy this film. So I'm going to give it a solid seven. Sure, I'm very close. I gave it a six point six. So on my tier of four different rankings, the highest being I'd totally pay money to see it in theaters it just falls into the the second rank where if it made it onto my dvd shelf it's not as good as going to see it in theaters it's not that good of a film but if it made it onto my dvd shelf i'm not upset it's a solid film i will rewatch it from time to time just not as often as some of the other harry potter films i i think that's very fair cool the hell did you watch this week boy well son i watched a few things actually and the first was not actually a recommendation you made, but you mentioned it. So it, it, it started an interest in my mind. It was Jumanji 2. Yes. And I watched it with my wife and we loved it. I, I, I think I liked it a you bit watched, more. Th- you watched the, uh, the next level? Yes. Yeah. The second one. And actually, when I say we loved it, I liked it a bit more. She enjoyed it. I think I just really enjoyed it. I just found it was a good blend of, you know, obviously some entertaining because it is an action film, but also just it had me laughing. It had some good feel moments. The one thing I'll say is when I found out there was a sequel, which was this film, I had no interest in seeing it because I'm, I just, there was no setup. There was no buildup to a sequel in the original film. Like it just seemed like they were kind of just, cutting it that's it this is a standalone film the end so i just wondered what business does this film have to be a sequel 
the the way they worked around it, I'm not sure if I'm the biggest fan, but I am glad that it existed because it was a fun, entertaining film. And yeah, it's definitely worth a view. That's that's all I'll yeah. say. It's it's it is a lot of fun, and it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun to see uh, Kevin Hart, Jack Black, and um, Dwayne Johnson. Mm-hmm play themselves playing other characters. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like the Danny DeVito and um Yes. Uh the the black actor. I can't Don, Danny remember Glover? his name. Danny Glover. Friggin' Kevin Hart's Danny Glover <laughs> is incredible. Mm-hmm. No, not Danny Glover. The old guy. Isn't that his name? Is that Danny Glover? I, oh, yeah, I get yeah, a, yeah, 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 it is. Because there's right, a younger right. Glover. Danny. Right, yeah, uh, Donald Glover. Yes, that's who I get confused guy. with. Yeah. yeah, so Danny Glover, yeah, I, I, it's it's just spot on. And watching oh, yeah. watching Kevin Hart interact with Dwayne Johnson mm-hmm. as Danny DeVito and Danny Glover right. is just, it's very entertaining mm-hmm. and it's super well done. There was a lot of different things to bite off and find entertaining in this film, so I, I think it's a very solid, solid film. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I think it's interesting that I enjoy them. Sure, I enjoyed Welcome to the Jungle. Okay, and I enjoy this one. Yep, I, I particularly enjoy that we got to see a lot of scenes almost recreated from the last one. Hmm. Okay. Right, like like at the beginning when they first get into Jumanji, mm-hmm. it it was basically the same thing, but with different characters, right, like, with a different configuration, right. Um, and so that was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, though, I just wish it, they would stop calling it Jumanji, <laughs> because for me, Jumanji, like the excitement of Jumanji, like to me, this is this is no different really than than the Brendan Fraser journey to the center of the earth. Sure. Or the rocks journey to mysterious Island or whatever. It's, it's like a, it's a fantasy action, whatever. Mm. To me, the splendor, the wonderfulness of Jumanji was not even Robin Williams. I mean, Robin Williams to me, you know, he's, he's definitely a key feature of Jumanji for sure. Um, but he's, uh, yeah, but also a big part of it was uh, watching our world change and crumble and needing to restore. Like to me, Jumanji's not about trying to get back home. Mm. Jumanji is about trying to reset the game so that our world goes back to normal. Sure. Trying to put things back into the game. Right, right. And I lose and I just I lose that vibe. Okay. From it. Yeah, but. that's that's fair. I I've seen the original Jumanji uh with Robin Williams and I, I saw oh, it I later. Hope so. I saw it much later in life, so it has I would say zero nostalgic uh merit to me. It's just a good like it's just a fun, entertaining film. So oh, yeah. I, I probably don't draw the same conclusions or draw the same layer of conclusions that you would from it or someone who was maybe more invested in it. So I right. think that's fair, but I'm I'm just not at that level. Okay. Fair enough. Um I watched another film 
that just is has me so conflicted. It's The Wolf of Wall Street. It's such an interestingly done movie, and it's, I'd say, a great made movie. Like, it's just so well done at telling a specific story and yeah. telling a specific chain of events about a specific person. But it always... Maybe I'm just missing the point, but maybe maybe I'm not missing the point. It just always bothers me just how much of a dink this guy was. and He was a dink. He was a huge dink in so many ways, in every way you can define it. But um, it's just a weird film. It's weird watching it because when you come out of it, it's weird feeling of, wow, that was such a well-made film. But also I feel kind of queasy because that guy was just a loser, like. I also always feel like I don't know. There's a there's I've got three thoughts about this film. Sure. Thought number one, uh, I think this is one of those movies that that suffers because it used nudity as a wow factor. It mm. it, it used nudity just for the sake of using nudity and sure. not because nudity may, like there's no reason for Jonah Hill to whip out his penis and start playing with it. Sure. At the party. Right. Like it's it just it's it, it it's such a jarring narrative. It doesn't make any sense. Sure. Um you know, and so stuff like that. Uh so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Two, I think his performance, Leo's performance when he's drugged, right, is is an iconic performance. Sure. It's so entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you realize, yeah, like this is this is on point. Mm-hmm. Like you know, yeah. Uh, and number three is that I think um, any grievance that I have with this film, this is my word. This is my word of the day. Toilet grievance. paper today. The square was was grievance. Um, <laughs> is that this suffers from once upon a time in Hollywood syndrome? Mm. For what this film is, right? It's just too damn long. It is very very long. I'm not afraid of long movies. Sure. This one's too long. Yep. Yep. For what it is. For sure. Unlike so. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, with this film, I will get on that bus and get a ticket and sit next to you. I agree. For what like it was, even, e- too long Even for by me. 20 minutes. Even by 20 minutes. Cut this thing down. Like, trim the fat. 20 minutes. Sure. And I I think I would enjoy this film a whole lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you're, all your points are right. The acting is phenomenal in this film. Um, but the last thing i watched actually so i'll do your recommendation first so i watched uh the 2019 adams family yes and i I've, I've got a it's a weird kind of contrasting feeling that i have i personally didn't enjoy it like okay. i didn't I, it's not a movie i'm gonna buy and put on my dvd shelf i don't know if i'd ever rewatch it yeah but i didn't to blu-rays this is pissing me off <laughs> But I didn't We hate have the technology. DVD forever. But I didn't... But, but when I was watching this, I, it's not that I thought it was a bad film. I just don't think it's a film for me. No, so, I, and I don't think it's a great film either. I think it's sure. a very middle-of-the-road, mediocre, entertaining, but n- n- nothing about it wows you yeah. animation not, film. Not bad, just not fantastic. Right. What sticks out for it for me is that 
like the fact that it's Adam's family and it feels yeah. very Adam's family. For sure. Puts a smile on my face. Oh, absolutely. But aside from that, I recognize but it's but it's not that good. It's right. yes, it's the Adams family, mm-hmm. but it's it's not great. Yeah. Yeah, no, and definitely you kind of built this up in the previous episode. Just an interesting collaboration of all these well known high caliber actors. But you know, the Adams family universe is something I'm not familiar with. I'm not that invested in. So ultimately, you know, I wasn't too invested in that aspect of the storyline. And just the development of some characters and their interactions and some storylines, it did just feel a little kind of middle of the road. So I don't think it's a bad film. It's actually probably better than I thought it was. And I probably never would have watched it just on my own, but because you recommended it to me, I did. And I don't regret watching it. And that to me is a success considering what I would have thought of it prior to that. Yeah. Oh, And, and yeah, I think that that's, with any film, if you don't regret watching it, mm-hmm. then your, um, <laughs> then your your repertoire has been expanded. Right. So the final, at the f- very least, at the very at the very least, you've broadened your horizons. Um, the final film that I watched this week is by process of elimination, the film that you're going to watch just because you've seen the others. Um, and I, I would say the one thing it has in common with the Adams family is when I finished it, I didn't think it was the most amazing film I've ever seen. It wasn't bad. It was just kind of, it exists. It, it just, it was what it was. It's also starring Adam driver and in some ways was similar to the dead don't die or only the dead die. Um, but I it's feel like you are. <laughs> I feel like you take breaks from man crushing on Leonardo no, DiCaprio no, no, only no. to man crush on Adam Driver. So it's actually just such an eerie coincidence that I've watched these films and literally like my number one enemy, like my number, like the next film that I've been really wanting to watch for a long time also stars Adam Driver, but it's literally a coincidence, total coincidence. But the film I watched was apparently that he also directed um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. I have never heard of it. Yeah, so it's kind of an interesting film. Um, just has some interesting, light, funny things. It's definitely some character aspects that are relatable and maybe, you know have some bigger things going on, some references to the actual story of Don Quixote. Um, I think it's one of those things. I watched it remotely with some people. If I think you get out of it what you're wanting to get out of it. So there are some people who are more familiar with this director's work, more familiar with the story of Don Quixote. I think they had more meat on that bone to chew on. Me, I just kind of watched it just because it seemed like an interesting film. So when I came out of it, I didn't hate it, didn't love it. It was just a film. So fair enough. That's it. Um, I what I await my viewership <laughs> of that film. Uh, what did you watch this week? Uh, I watched three films. Okay. Film number one was Dante's Peak. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to answer which was your recommendation. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to answer the question that you told me you didn't want me to answer. Which which no, I forget which one. Was whether or not this was a better film than oh, uh, okay. than Volcano? Yep, yep. 
I think Dante's Peak is a better film. Okay. But I didn't enjoy it as much. And I think that... That's fair. I think it was just like, yeah, I'll recognize Dante's Peak as a better film. Sure. Uh, but it, I mean, but it didn't have Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> yelling at people. <laughs> like, and I think I just missed that so much. Like, I think oh, so sure. much of the the spine of Volcano, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I love about it mm-hmm. is <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones' presence. I, you know, that's I think that's fair. I think I was in the mental space when I watched Dante's Peak of just when everything aligned of just my mood and what I was wanting, just Pierce Brosnan, the 90s, a little bit more character development, more revolving around a bit of a romance fling and, you know, like just little snippets of all these things that I was picking up on. I I, I, I personally enjoyed Dante's Peak a bit more, but I totally get what you're saying. I think that, um, I think that Pierce Brosnan heard it for me. Oh, really? And I think that's because while I was watching, like it's an actiony film with sure. Pierce Brosnan. Sure. Oh yeah. And so as I'm watching it, my 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 eyes, my logic center mm. is going, "This is Dante's Peak." Yep. Yep. My heart is going, uh, "But is it 007? And I'm like, <laughs> "No, no, no, it's not." <laughs> right. B- but then I'm also like, "But, but is, is it?" it? Hmm. But it kind of is. He just doesn't have any gadgets, and he's like, <laughs> and a geologist know. or whatever he is. Yeah. So yeah. I think that ultimately just <laughs> left me feeling sure. You know, t- to me, with the exception of Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Uh, to me, in my mind, my mind has typecast Pierce Brosnan as the gentleman spy. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, so I, I, I don't think I with again with the exception of Mrs. Doubtfire, I don't think I enjoy seeing him in other roles. Yeah. I, I don't think you're alone. I don't think you're alone. You know. And I, I like I like I still don't think I'm at that point with I, I don't think I'm at the point where I'm thoroughly enjoying Daniel Radcliffe in other films. Mm. Okay. Right. Yeah. He's he's Harry Potter. He's Harry Potter. Yeah. So. But I get the same with um the guy who's pushing the broom in the background of Back to the Future 2. And yeah, 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 yeah. He's, you know, he's in this a few things here and there and I'm like that's no that's not the murderer. That's No, that's broom, broom pusher number 2. Yeah, and anyway, I hear you. Yeah. I I totally get it. The second <laughs> film I watched um I, I caved, man. I did it. What is, no, no, no. I know what, what, what was it? No, actually, I know what you're thinking right now. And yeah. It's not. I didn't watch that. <laughs> is it Paddington 2? No, it's not. Thank you. Holy that's what you're thinking. And that's God. not what I watched. Okay. Why I, did you but cave? I did watch, but I did watch Sonic. Oh, okay. Yeah. I watched the, the little blue shit disturber. <laughs> Uh, and the only other, uh, yeah, so that, and the only other thing I'll say about it sure. is it's a little blue shit disturber and it is the mighty and glorious return of Jim Carrey. Yeah. Oh, I've heard that. It is the, it is the Jim Carrey that we have faint memories of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, he's so on point 
in hmm. this film. I've heard that. The final one I watched. Okay. Is a Leo film. <gasps> right? Like Leonardo Cimanchi? Leonardo Cimanchi? No, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I watched an older film. I I think I know which one. Okay. Which one? Is Johnny Depp in it? He is. Interesting. What happens yeah. in Singapore stays in Singapore, the, f- the feature it's, film. That's not it. Okay. Uh, I watched a movie called What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I think it's, it's very interesting that you watched Wolf of Wall Street because mm. uh, w- that scene where he's, he's doing the drugged up scene. Okay, yep. Gives me him playing Down Syndrome character in mm. in what's eating Gilbert Grape vibes. Right, he just has like it's a, just a very like he really transforms himself into yes. something and yeah. someone that he's not. He's he's in every sense of the word an actor, and he's embracing he a is. certain role. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? No, no. Okay. Good. That's my recommendation to you. Oh, I'm, okay. It's, I'm not sure if it's I'm a there. Very, but... It's it's very interesting because it's okay. it's Leo's first role. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's Leonardo DiCaprio's first role. He's like a teenager in it. He's like oh, wow. kind of fifteen or sixteen or something. Okay. Well. Uh, and Johnny's young. Yes. And Johnny's not in any kind of makeup. This is like a, this <laughs> is a genuine acting Johnny does, Depp role. Does he have so no? Eyeshadow. Does he have scissors on his hands? Uh, not both of them. Okay. All right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but they're both in this, and so is um, uh, uh, what's her name? Mary. Mary Steenbergen. Hmm. Look her up. Look her up right now. Well, Get out Mary. Your, Quite contrary. Keyboard. Mary Steenberg. Yeah, Mary Steenberg. Okay. Uh, oh, her. Yeah. Interesting. Really. She's fun. Yeah, she is fun. She's in a lot of things. She's you know, in Back to the Future. She ends up marrying Doc. Right, and apparently she's won an Academy an Academy Award. So good for her. That's fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah. So that's um, that is, you know, that's it. Cool. I would also. I mean, I if you're in the, uh, if you're in the business of watching films that I haven't recommended for you. Sure. I, I Sonic's worth it, man. Okay. Okay. I mean, it, it's again, it's not amazing. Sure. But it's worth it watching. Like dude, Jim Carrey steals every scene he's in, hands down, hmm. hands down. Steals every scene he's in. Cool. And it's worth it just for that. Hey, that that sounds that sounds compelling, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what else is compelling? My um 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 you, um. I got nothing. Sorry. My my rapid housekeeping to wrap this up. If you haven't already done so, check out the social media links below. And officially like, follow, or subscribe on our various platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are the main ones. Um, give us, Leave us a review if you feel so inclined. And you can also check out below our Patreon page 
where you can help support our show, where we use it to help grow and improve the show. And right now we're working out or working with some new technical equipment. So uh, that's partly where some of our Patreon funds go to. Others just software to help run the show. It helps keeps the light keep the lights on and um, let us know what you think of the audio. If it's better, yeah. worse. Particularly mine. Mine, yes. m- mine is the different audio yes. equipment. Well, um, yeah, that is true. It is, I know it is. <laughs> anyway. But uh, we're in the process of getting Pete some audio equipment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the, the, right now it's a, like a string and a can. <laughs> Super complicated. Yeah, it's, it's something else. It's a total mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but because every night before we record, I have to eat a can of something, and then I have to yeah. wash it out, and and then hold in the gas because all he's got is beans. Well, yeah, I've got canned asparagus too. That's I would not. <laughs> I wouldn't eat canned asparagus. That sounds gross. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's my life now. Yeah. Okay, well, until next time, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Unless you haven't. Uh, I'm not going to I say that don't, every time. No, don't say it. Th- thank you. I know that you listened. Yes. If you're hearing this, you listened. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Almost more than I appreciate the warm, soothing nectar <laughs> of a young baby who's... Sucking on your pinky finger. No, I'm you know stopping. how they kind of do that. Nope. You know how they like. I'm stopping this right now. No, no, no. You know how like nope. babies, you put nope. like your knuckle or something nope. in your in their mouth, and they nope. kind of like nope. you're turning this into something. It's not. I no, I'm not. I'm just saying. I, I just think it's time. I mean, to you say have goodbye. a young one. You know how you've like take you've like you put like your pinky knuckle nope. in her nope. mouth, and she kind of like mm. bites down on it yep. with her there. her uh, gums. Why, why? Why are you shutting me out? <laughs> I'm not. Have you done that? Uh, I, no, I'm not sure. You're not sure if you've done it. <laughs> and then you, like, take your pinky out, and there's, like, this, like, goopy <laughs> saliva from your child. Well, 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 that's the nectar. All right. Goodbye. That is the warm baby nectar. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>